Hasn't the Lord given us a beautiful day? Welcome to Rubyville Live Wednesday night edition right before Easter. We're so excited uh, that God has granted us another beautiful day to worship Him. And that's what we're going to do tonight. We want you to worship with us. We have a little bit of variety with singing tonight, and Pastor Calvin will be bringing the message. So we're going to be uh, having prayer in just a little bit. But before that, we're going to sing a beautiful congregational song at the cross. I want to thank Angie Pelfrey for filling in for us tonight on the piano. She's going to do a great job. At the cross, page 79, if you got a hymn on your own. Alas, and did my Savior bleed, and did my sovereign die? Would he devote that sacred head for such cross at the cross where I first saw the light and the burden of my heart rolled away it was there by faith I received my sight and now I am happy all the day was it for crimes that I had done he groaned unknown and love beyond degree at the cross at the cross where I first saw the light and the burden of my heart rolled away it was there by faith I received my sight and now I am happy all the day well my the sun in darkness hide and shut his glories in when Christ the mighty maker died for man the creature's sin at the cross at the cross where I first saw the light and the burden of my heart rolled away it was there by I received my sight, and now I am happy all the day. On the last, but drops of grief can never repay the debt of love I owe. Here, Lord, I give myself away, tis all that I can do. At the cross, at the where I first saw the light and the burden of my heart rolled away it was there by faith I received my sight and now I am happy all the day of course one more time at the cross at the cross where I first saw the light and the burden of my heart rolled away it was there by faith I receive my sight and now I am happy all it feels good sing it again at the cross at the cross where I first saw the light and the burden of my heart rolled away it was there by faith I received my sight and now I am happy 
Let's go to prayer together and pray that God will bless our time of gathering with his presence. Lord, we thank you for your help in the time of need. I thank you, Lord, that you are always greater, greater than anything that we ever face in life. Lord, as we lean on you in times like this, we just appreciate you so much. Thank you for the beautiful day that you've given to us. Thank you, Lord, for your presence that's there each step of the journey of life with us. We thank you for the comfort that you've given to families here in Rubyville in recent days as loved ones have gone on to be with you. And we thank you, most important of all, for this weekend and what it symbolizes. The fact, Jesus, that you loved us enough to lay aside your royal robe and come down the golden embattlements of heaven to be born as a baby, born of a virgin in a manger, then walk the dusty trails of life for three and a half years, die on a rugged cross and give your life's blood that we might be saved. Lord, I thank you that that wasn't the end of the story, but the fact that you rose from the grave, we have hope in you and we depend on you for all things. I thank you for the way you're helping us service after service. And then, Lord, I have to pause and praise you for the souls that we've seen come to you. Even this week, Lord, you're so good to us. Bless now, we pray, everyone that is joining us in worship. May they sense your power and might. Oh, Lord, anoint the singing and help us as we look into your word. And for everything that you do, we'll praise you. I'll thank you for I ask it now in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank God. Trials felt like a detour that went on for miles. But standing here now, looking back, I can say, Lord, I'm thankful. Some storms I thought I would never survive, but here I am, feeling so strong and alive. The darkness is past, and the morning is bright, and I'm thankful. Lord, I'm thankful like David after Goliath, like Paul and Silas after the jail. I'm thankful like Daniel after the lions. Lord, I'm thankful. Thankful like Noah back on dry ground. Thankful like Lazarus finally unwound. Every beat of my heart wants to pound. I'm thankful, Lord, I'm thankful. I battle giants of failure and fear, shadows of doubt where my hope was unclear. But all along, Lord, you were hovering near, and I'm thankful. All the sins of my past were a thundering roar that echoed the guilt that I could not ignore. It's nailed to the cross and I hear it no more and I'm thankful. Lord, I'm thankful like David after Goliath, like Paul and Silas after the jail. I'm thankful like Daniel after the lions. 
If I live long enough But there's something ahead That keeps me from dreading The sadness I'll face here below You see the stage is prepared And soon the curtain will open To a city where I long to go Soon we will see the portals of glory. Soon we will see the great I am. Soon we will hear the angels cry holy. Soon we will see the Lamb. So what could I face that could steal the excitement of this? that will soon come to pass. You see these burdens down here, sometimes they're so heavy, but it's written that they will not last. <laughs> For soon they will be overpowered by a trumpet, announcing it's time to move on to a place that's prepared for those who've made ready for a meeting with Almighty God. And soon we will see the portals of glory. Soon we will see the great I Am. Soon we will hear the angels cry holy. Soon we We'll see the Lamb. I'm looking forward to it. Soon we will see 
the portals of glory soon we will see the great I am soon we will hear the angels cry holy soon we will see the land soon we will hear the angels cry holy I've seen this just about every time I'm up, but I had a special request from a special lady. And Debbie Adams, this is for you. And I think a lot of us can be blessed. Never, ever has he ever failed us. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. In the mess of this old world, sometimes I just need a word from heaven. That everything's okay I try to walk by faith Oh, but times I'm so afraid And I can't see How God can make a way Oh, but then I think He's never failed me Never left me not one time have I cried out And my voice he has not heard Never failed me And he won't start today He will make a way He's never failed me broken as you feel your burdens they are real and I know it may seem that God's forsaken you but child don't lose your faith he is working while you wait so just hold on he will bring you through he's never failed me Never left me, not one time have I cried out, and my voice he has not heard. Never fail me, and he won't start today, he will make a way. He's never failed me. time have I cried out and my voice he has not heard never failed me he 
won't start today. He will make a way. He's never failed me. Never leaves us, never forsakes us, never leaves us whatsoever. We had a special request as well for uh, Jody to sing, uh, I'm going to call it her signature song. And that's, anyway, it's her signature song here at Rubyville. There's nothing more precious and powerful than the blood of Jesus Christ. And as we're celebrating this holy week, may we never forget uh, what happened on that Friday. But thank God for the blood of Christ that sets us free from all sin. Jody, bless your heart tonight.
Thank you, Jody. Thank you, Brian. And thank you, Bear family. You just did a tremendous job. Boy, we, we sure have a lot to thank God for and praise God for. Thank him for all of his blessings. And I sure thank him for his goodness, his watch care, his protection. <clears throat> he's good to us. He helps us. When we need him the most, he's always right there for us. I want you to turn to John chapter 21. John chapter 21. I'll read a few verses to you tonight. Uh, I had intended to preach another message, but God just kept bringing me back to this, and we certainly, certainly pray that it's a blessing to you and a help to you. Just a few simple thoughts from the Word of God as we look together in His Word. I do uh, thank those of you that are responding back, hundreds and hundreds of people uh, on our last live service were kind enough to respond back. And trust me, uh, we see all of the comments and, and it means so much. Everything from whether it be an emoji or whether you're checking in from whatever state that you're let, letting us know or whether you're letting us know that you can't, you can't respond by any other way than calling the preacher after and saying, I don't know how to respond. I got a call from one of our folks that says, I haven't missed a single service I've got a smart TV, but it's smarter than I am because I'm not smart enough to tell you amen when you're preaching, but uh, joining every service, and it is fantastic to know that, uh, that thousands, literally thousands of people are joining service after service, and we praise God for it. In John chapter 21, let's look at beginning with verse 15. We know this is the third time that Jesus has shown himself to the disciples after he was risen from the dead. Verse 15 says, And when they had dined, Jesus saith to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me more than these? He saith unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He saith unto him, Feed my lambs. He saith to him again the second time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? He saith unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He saith unto him, Feed my sheep. He saith unto him the third time, Simon, 
son of Jonas, lovest thou me? Peter was grieved because he said unto him the third time, lovest thou me? And he said unto him, Lord, thou knowest all things. Thou knowest that I love thee. Jesus saith unto him, feed my sheep. Verily, verily, I say unto thee, when thou wast young, referring to Peter, thou girdest thyself and walkest whither thou wouldest. But when thou shalt be old, thou shalt stretch forth thy hands, and another shall gird thee and carry thee whither thou wouldest not. This spake he, signifying by what death he should glorify God. And when he had spoken this, he saith unto him, notice the next two words, follow me. Then Peter, turning about, seeth the disciple whom Jesus loved, which that is John. And he sees the disciple whom Jesus loved, and what was John doing? Following. Which also leaned on the breast, on his breast at supper, and said, Lord, which is he that betrayeth thee? Peter, seeing him, saith to Jesus, Lord, and what shall this man do? Jesus saith unto him, If I will that he tarry till I come, what is that to thee? Follow thou me. Following Jesus. I don't think there's a better text that could be taken right now and a greater message that could be preached to people anywhere than to tell them the greatest achievement in our life is to know that we are following Jesus. You know, years ago, I got involved in a study in this, and uh, this whole incident, really, it revolves around one word to us, uh, and that word is love. Because the, the principle said here is, is really a simple principle. Do you know it's possible to try to follow Jesus and not love him? In other words, you can do things associated with Jesus but really not love him. You can read your Bible and not love him. You can know verses of scripture committed to memory and not love him. You can pray to him and not love him. You can take communion and not love him. You can praise him and not love him. There's a lot of things you can do. You can give money. You can tithe and not love him. You can be good to others, love your neighbors yourself, but still not love him. It's possible to go through a lot of motions and really not love him. But as it's possible to try to follow him and not love him, let me say this. It is impossible to love him and not follow him. He said over and over again, if you love me, keep my commandments. If we really love him, then it's not a burden to pray and it's not a burden to stay in the word of God and it's not a burden to praise and it's not a burden to give and it's not a burden to help others and it's not a burden to love others and it's not a burden to take communion. He's saying, if you love me, those things come natural to those that are following me. So this is a lesson really behind the love that we have for Christ. Oh, we know when we look at this weekend how much he loved us because he loved us so much that he did what no one else would ever do. In fact, Jesus himself said, greater love hath no man than this that a man would lay down his life for his friends. We can't question his love for us 
because he's already proven his love for us when he came to this world and died on a cross and went through that shameful death and took on the punishment that we deserved and was willing to taste of death for us. He's already proven that he loves us. The question is, do we love him? And since it revolves around love, I guess we need to answer the question, what is love? See, here's our problem. When you read this, three times he asked Peter, Peter, do you love me? If you're not careful and when you read that, you'll think, well, he's just being redundant or repetitive. He's just saying it over and over, kind of like we go through certain things that we say it without even thinking it. It's almost like it becomes a byword to us, whether maybe we're saying it and don't even realize we're saying it, and those things happen but that's not what happened in this text. See, our problem is, and, and I don't want to bore you, but I want you to really grasp what the Lord is saying here. See, the difficulty is, is in our language, and, and don't be offended when I say this, but when these words were spoken, they weren't spoken in English. See, the, the grammar of the day was Greek, and not only was there Greek, but there were those that knew Hebrew, your Bible has three basic languages in it, Greek, Hebrew, and Aramaic. That's the three languages. And everything that we have is translated from one of those three languages. And in this particular sense, it is translated from the Greek language. And the Greek language that is spoken today is not the same Greek language that was spoken in the time that Christ was here. It was known as ancient Greek. And with ancient Greek, there was some differences even between the Greek language today. But yet, thank God that he preserved his word for us. Here in the King James Version Bible, we read the word appropriate just because what I'm about to tell you, the way that it is, doesn't mean that it's wrong. It's just that every language has limitations. Our language has limitations to it. We can have certain words that mean certain things. And unfortunately, one of those words is the word love. See, we have the word love, one word, but it means everything. It encompasses it all. Let me give you an example. You can say, I love my car. I love my job. I love my children. I love, I love the Lord. I love my spouse. I, 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 love, I love my liberty. I love, you, you may say, I love my dog. You can say, I love my shotgun. You can say, I love my house. It's all love. But let me say this. You better not love your wife like you love your shotgun. And you better not love your job like you love your kids. But we only have one word, love is love. But now the Greeks, that wasn't, that wasn't the thing. They had multiple words, words that English words have come out of that mean the same thing as the Greek words, but yet it's broken down. I don't have time to go into, there's basically seven different words, and I'm not going into all of them really. Three or four of them are the most popular. For example, they had the word philia or phileo. Philio love is where we get the word Philadelphia from. And filio love is a brotherly love or a friendship love. And if they were talking about the love they have for their friend, they would use the word filio. In other words, it's as close as you can be 
without being family and without being, without being blood bonds together, it's as close as you can be in your love one for another. There was the word storge. Storge is the word that was used because there is a connection, physical connection. It was the word usually used talking about a love that parents have for children or children have for parents. And they would use the word storge. There was the word eros. The word that we have in the English word that means the same as eros is the word erotic, which is nothing more than sensual love. It's really more lust than it is love. I don't mean to be cruel, but it's just physical in nature. It has no meaning at all. And that's the word that we get erotic from. It's just merely a physical relationship. That's all that it means. Then there was a word with even greater meaning. They even had a word for self-love. But the greatest meaning of all the loves in the ancient Greek culture was the word agape. And the word agape is different than the word that's normally used when it's talking about the love that friends have one for another and the love that you have for your children and the love you have for inanimate objects. It, it is a word that means an emptying, self-denying, a love that goes beyond even the limitations that you have physically that reaches beyond that, a sacrificial love. See, agape was the word that was used when we read John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. See, it's talking about denial and sacrifice. That's the love that God had for us. And really, if you read this, in context as it's written. If you'll allow me to paraphrase the different meaning of love, then I think you'll have a better, a better grasp on what the Lord was saying. Really what Jesus said to Peter the first time after they had died, he looked to Peter and he said, Peter, do you love me more than these? And he used the word agape. He said, Peter, do you love me with a sacrificial Love that would give all. Now that's, that's a great term. We all give to the Lord, but I'll guarantee you, none of us can say we've given all to the Lord. We talk about giving all to the Lord, but I don't care who we are, there's certain times that we want to hold back from God. We don't even mean to, but it happens. He said, do you love me with a sacrificial, self-denying love, agape love? Peter answered him with a different word. Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. Peter said, Lord, I have a filial love for you. Lord, I love you. You're my best friend. I love you like a brother. And the second time the Lord says to him, no, Peter, do you have an agape love for me? I want to know how much love you have for me. How far will your love... And Peter said, Lord, you know when it comes to a brotherly love, there's no person that I love as a friend any greater than you. When it comes to a filio love. So again, Peter answers with a different word. The Lord's talking about one kind of love and Peter's answering saying, I've got a different kind of love. Now, don't be hard on Peter. 
because it's easy to say, I love God more than anything and I'll, I'll give my all to the Lord. But when it really comes time for us to do that, are we willing to do that? And so he says, Lord, you know when it comes to a brotherly love. I love you. You know my heart. I love you. The third time he asks, Jesus changes the word. And he says, Peter, well then if it comes to a filio love, a brotherly love, do you love me? And Peter was grieved, not only because it was the third time, but on the third time, the Lord changed the language. And he said, when it comes to a brotherly love, do you love me that much? And Peter said, Lord, thou knowest all things. You know that I love you that way. And he's teaching the lesson. After he gets the commitment of love, then he says, Peter, follow me. If you love me to that extent, follow me. And that's the question that I ask myself when I preach to you tonight. How much do I really love the Lord? That's what you ought to ask tonight. How much do I really love the Lord? I tell you, these are times right now we better be checking our heart and checking in the toy to find out, Lord, just how much do I love you? Just how much do I want to live for you? What am I willing to do for you, Lord? What am I willing to, to sacrifice for you, Lord? How much do I really love you? And he said, Peter, let me tell you why you need to love me like that. And he gives three basic reasons why. And I, they're the same reasons why you need to love the Lord. If you're going to follow the Lord, you always have to do three things. Three things. Number one, Peter had to make up his mind that he was going to follow the Lord regardless of what others did. He leaned over and pointed out to John and he said, what shall this man do? And Jesus looked at him and said, what is it to thee if he tarry till I come? Follow thou me. Now listen, let's get it right. You can't follow the Lord for somebody else. You can't love the Lord for somebody else. And if you're following the Lord because somebody else is following the Lord, you follow the Lord regardless of what others do. I'm sorry that you may have family members that's not saved, that don't love the Lord, but that's no excuse for you not to follow the Lord. He's saying, Lord, I want to follow you. He said, well, then get your eyes off of others and keep your eyes on me. This is not the time to look around and say, Lord, you know, I'm doing better than what this one is, and I'm doing better than what that one is. No, we ought to say, Lord, no matter what everybody else does, if the whole world says they don't want Jesus, I've made my mind up. I have decided to follow Jesus. If this whole world goes a different direction, I've made my mind up. I'm going to follow Jesus. Following, regardless of what others do. Secondly, following because we have influence. This encounter starts in a strange way. What led to this dining that takes place just before they have this conversation is after Jesus has died. Now he's risen from the grave. Peter was like all the others and fear gripped his heart. 
They didn't know what they would do. They no longer had Jesus there to lean on and tell them which direction to go. Where would they turn? And Peter made up his mind. It's just not worth it. So he turned to them and said, I'm going fishing. And the bad thing about that is, if I've counted accurately in what I read, when he went, six others followed. Now to go fishing is not a wrong thing. And it's not a bad thing. But the problem here is, is that's what Peter was doing before he met the Lord and the Lord had called him to follow him and he had traveled with the Lord. What it was, that is a picture that fishing was his old way of living. It was his old life. And he said, you know what? It's all over now, fellas. He's been here. He's died. And we know, we know what he promised, but yet, I'm going back to my old way of living. Can I tell you this? Whatever you do, there's nothing in your past that is worth returning to. And when you do return to your past and your past sins, there'll be somebody following you all the time. You've got to make up your mind and say, I'm going to follow you, Lord. I don't know everything that's in front of me. I don't know what I'll face, but I know one thing. It's a lot better than what I left behind when I come to Jesus he had already told him you're not going to fish anymore for fish I'm going to make you a fisher of men and he said I'm going back to my old way of living make your mind up God saved you from your sin there's nothing back in your past that's worth going back to and when you go back to it somebody will be watching you and they'll follow you regardless regardless of what others do because of our influence and we need to follow Jesus regardless of cost. He said, now Peter, now that you've committed to loving me as much as you can love me and in your ability, I want to tell you something and Jesus really speaks a prophecy here to him. He said, when you were young, you got to do everything you wanted to do. But you don't get to do that anymore. Hey, there's a time, if you live long enough, there's a time that you're not going to be able to do what you want to do. I listen to people all the time. They search out this world and everything in it. And that's all they want is what's in the world. And they'll say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to work and I'm going to make money and I'm going to retire when I'm young and I'm going to do what I want to do. I'm going to eat what I want to eat. I'm going to eat steak every day. By the time you get there, your false teeth don't allow you to eat steak every day. You say, I'm going I'm to sleep as late as I want to sleep. <laughs> you get older, you'll find out you wake up earlier, whether you want to or not. I'm going to travel. And as you get older, you'll find out it's not that you're fearful, but you just don't feel comfortable 10 mile away from home. You feel better right at home than anywhere else. I wish somebody helped me preach right now. I'm telling you, we think we know. But he said, I'm telling you, this is, this is great advice.
advice, Peter. When you were young, you did what you wanted, but when you get older, that's not what it's going to be. You're going to have to go my way because there's coming a time where that you're going to die a death that you never dreamed of. You thought you'd die of old age. And we know from church history that Peter died as a martyr for the Lord Jesus Christ. Let me ask you this. What price are you willing to pay for Jesus? How far are you willing to go? Are you going to say, Lord, I don't care what it costs me. I'm willing to do it to follow you and make an impact for your glory. I'm willing to do it. It'll cost you some. Salvation don't cost you a dime. But if you want to be filled with the power of God and know the power of the Holy Ghost and be a blessing to others, it'll cost you something. Regardless of what it cost. There's people right now that they will pay unbelievable prices for things that they feel like they can't do without regardless of what it cost. But they're just like the soldiers that took the seamless garment of Jesus and they could not rend it because they thought that was the greater value. They thought what he had on was more valuable than who he was. Isn't that something? They wouldn't tear that garment. It was woven from the top to the bottom. What a picture of the veil of the temple ripped in twain from top to bottom. And when they looked at it, they wouldn't tear it, but they had no problem tearing his flesh. They had their priorities wrong. They had their values wrong. Let me give you a word of advice. Nothing means more or is worth more than Jesus. I received an email from one of our missionaries. Uh, she is in lockdown in India. They were trying to get them home. They cannot get her home because there's no way, even though the embassy, I believe on Friday, is taking plane loads out of New Delhi, she can't get from where she's at to New Delhi. She's stranded there. But in her email, she said, God put me in a beautiful place and I sense his presence all around me. And I don't know how long it'll be, but I have no fear the whole nation's in lockdown, but she's in peace. That's what matters. I'm amazed at some of the things that's happening. Regard, I mentioned in our last service, you know, the devil beat you up after. I said, this is a time for repentance, and I hadn't heard anybody yet say, preacher, I repented before God for all the times I could have gone to church and didn't. I heard from the first one. And it starts with one because really we've not learned our lesson yet. All of this and not learn anything from it, isn't that a shame? I found out that God's still the same and he does great things. In the midst of paying great price, God still always shines the brightest. I received the most precious 
call this week. I had come into the house. We'd been in the office and I came in and I was doing some things and was rushing around answering calls here and there. And uh, honestly, I've been on the phone so much I've almost lost my voice just trying to talk to people, people struggling, hard times right now. And uh, I get this call and at first I think my voice is almost gone and I'm tired. Maybe I shouldn't take it. And the Lord said, no, follow me. And I answered the call. And on the other end of the phone, I didn't recognize the number, but it was a familiar voice. It was Faye Crace's daughter-in-law. And we knew each other since we'd been children, went to school together. Her husband was on the verge of death when all of this pandemic started. And it was one of the last individuals that they allowed me to gown up and go back in and have prayer with. And Faye's son, Roger, got saved just a day or two before he died. And it was his wife, his widow, on the phone. And I said, is everything all right? And she said, I can't stand it. I can't stand it anymore. And I said, well, what is it? She said, I need you to pray for me and pray for me right now. If I'm going to see him again, I've got to get this right with God. And there she gloriously prayed the prayer of faith. And the Lord touched her heart and blessed her. Then I turn around not too long after that, the next morning I believe, and I get a precious video from Lisa. Two precious children that she's watching that sent through this video and said, we just asked Jesus to come into our heart. I'm telling you, we can still follow Jesus no matter what's going on around us. And if you're not following him, you need to turn to him tonight. I'm gonna ask them to get a song and, and as they sing right where you're at, it would be a wonderful time for you to ask the Lord to forgive you, to ask the Lord to, to come into your life, to tell the Lord, I want to follow you, Lord, regardless of what it costs, because of my influence, regardless of what others do. I'm going to follow you, Jesus. Won't you do it? As he sings, why don't you do it? He left the splendor of heaven Knowing his destiny. Oh, glory to God. Was the lonely hill of Golgotha. There he laid down his life for me. That is in love. stars in the sky Lord, we thank and the sparrow can fly if that isn't love then heaven's a myth there's no Us. Do we love him? 
we thank you. Even in death he remembered the thief hanging by his side. But he spoke Jesus. with love and compassion. Oh, Lord, I love you. And he took him to paradise. If that is a love. Oh, how he loves us. The ocean. heavens of me there's no feeling like this if that is a love we know that he loves us the question is do I love him I hope that you'll take time today, what's remaining in this day, to find a place to steal away. And it's not wrong to ask God for things. But sometimes I think we just need to go to him and say, Lord, I don't want to ask you for anything else before I tell you how much I love you. Because we can do nothing without him. But his love for us changed us and our love for him it impacts others so stay in love with Jesus it'll keep your soul sweet it'll keep a song in your heart it'll keep heaven real I hope that our church family here at Rubyville will continue to pray for these families going through times of sorrow uh, remember Alice Spradlin all of her family with Hebron's death I know they've been through a lot, and I hope you'll continue to pray for them. Uh, Frank's graveside service, Frank Scarfpin's graveside service was earlier this week, and uh, I know Pam really needs our prayers, so continue to lift her up in prayer. Pray that God will give them strength. They're going through a lot, the whole family. But grace is sufficient, and we appreciate what God is doing through all of this. Before we leave, just a couple of things. I want to... I want to invite you the next three nights. On the next two nights, I'll be preaching. Then on Saturday night, Brian will be preaching. If you go to Memphis Community Church Facebook, we'll be doing a live stream revival there with Pastor Chris Euler. And we invite you to join us at 7 o'clock, and that will be on the next three nights. I'll be preaching on tomorrow night and Friday night, and Brian on Saturday night at 7 o'clock. And then also on Easter Sunday morning at 9.30, the Lohr family will be here with us Amen. and we'll be celebrating the resurrection of Christ. And I don't know about you, but I celebrate his resurrection every, every day. day. And we praise God that he that liveth and believeth in him shall never die. That's the promise of the word of God. Invite others to join us for a great time of worship. Thank you for joining us tonight. God bless you. 
you're dismissed.